The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, feminism today is in extreme retreat. And it's really interesting because every movement vying for some sort of political power, or maybe it's not even just political power, it's some sort of uh, niche acceptance into society. Like you've got the trans movement, you've got, you know, the LGBTQRSTUV plus plus Disney plus whatever movement, and you've got the gay pride parade. Everybody's wearing rainbow flags unless you're in the Middle East. You know, businesses are not really posting uh, rainbow flags on their social media if they're operating in the Middle East. But that's a whole nother story. But you've got, you know, critical race theory infecting everything, which I believe is... uh, a product of Chinese propaganda and Chinese infiltration into the culture for a Maoist revolution. Another story we can go on. Um, feminism has kind of diminished. You know, you saw a little bit of a spike, you know, a little bit of a coronavirus uh, uptick with uh, the Me Too movement about five years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Harvey Weinstein, that whole thing It's probably less than that, actually, because I think that did happen into the Trump administration. So you've got all of this going on uh, where you've got the transgender movement just stepped in front of the feminist movement and kicked them in the, in the VJJ. They said, you know, we're just going to, uh, we're going to go ahead and co-opt your sports. We're going to co-opt your lifestyle. We're going to co-opt your gender. And you're just going to sit there and take it and like it. And that's what they've done. You know, they have no problem having, uh, you know, Ambrosia, who's got an Adam's apple and probably weighs 220, uh, outrunning, you know, Brittany, who, who has been on track for the Olympics coming out of high school. And she lost to somebody who, you know, got breast implants and feels pretty, may still have a schlong. Who knows? And, They're fine with that. There's no feminist outrage whatsoever. There's more outrage at the fact that DeSantis decided in Florida to put legislation together or propose legislation together to stop that movement. That's the most amazing part. Because it's never about any of that. It's never about feminism. It's never about women's rights. It's never even about critical race theory. Remember, affirmative action happened in the 1990s. And the gist of affirmative action was that you're going to hire more black people on your workforce. And of course, it got expanded out of that. Actually, affirmative action was used first in an executive order 10925 signed by John F. Kennedy back on March 6th of 1961. Um which included a provision that government contractors take affirmative action to ensure that applicants are employed and employees are treated fairly during employment without regard to their race, creed, color, or national origin. Wow, was that exploited and twisted 
You know, in 1965, President Lyndon Johnson, Mr. Great Society, I'm going to have them N-words voting for us for hundreds of years. Um, Sounds like it worked. Um, Issued Executive Order 11246, which required government employers to hire without regard to race, religion, and national origin and take affirmative action to ensure that applicants are employed and that the employees are treated during employment without regard to their race, color, or religion, sex, or national origin. And then in 1968, gender was added to that list. So that's where, you know, uh, women's rights was added into affirmative action. But it was supposed to be something that was like a quota system. See, it started out as saying, you don't discriminate against anybody, morphed into, well, you're going to have to hire more people because there's just the disparity and now we're in the, the lane of Chinese propaganda critical race theory where uh, white people are evil. You know, they're the, they're the white devil. We are, this is the South Africanization of America where the white farmers are being killed and their land is being given away to other people of color or uh, BIPOCs or whatever the hell they call that stuff. So <laughs> all of that being said... No one in politics who was pushing for this was doing so to actually help BIPOCs or Latinx or, you know, people of color or black and browns or whatever they want to whatever they want to say. It's all for control. And that's the case with feminism It's all for control. That's the case for Pride Month, all for control. Now you can't criticize anybody. You, you can't criticize a single person for their actions. Look what's happening to this, uh, this lady from ESPN. She's a betting analyst, Kelly Stewart. She was hired recently, and then she was thrown out over tweets because they found tweets that use anti-gay slurs. Okay, so I saw some of these, and I had to, I had to laugh because... She's calling trolls fags. She's basically ripping on them because they're trolls. She's going along about saying one person has 17 followers. And, you know, she's like, I dish out facts, fag, you know, and all this and that. And that's what got her canned. Jason Whitlock was the first to go. "Uh, That's kind of ridiculous, which I agree. Because it's all about control. They can cancel you now if you don't. If not only if you don't support, if you don't affirm, if you don't celebrate whatever minority group or whatever lifestyle choice or whatever movement is being promoted at the time by the left, then you're an evil white supremacist and the FBI is coming after you because they're focused on white supremacy. They're not focused on the fact that ransomware is shutting down oil companies and pipelines they're not ran, they're not focused on FBI uh, FBI matters such as the shutting down of beef plants, you know, with ransomware again. Funny that it's beef and fossil fuels and things that the green movement loves to destroy. But the feminist movement, not much not much going on. I haven't heard much feather ruffling there. You know, I mean, there's more complaining about transgenders than there is about the feminist movement. So there's this lady, this feminist, Kate Mulvey, and this really gets down to 
it's funny because they want to get into all of these political reasons why they don't have kids and why they, you know, don't get married or whatever the case may be. But she's, I mean, it's really sad. She looks like John Kerry on the Bosom Buddies. Remember the Bosom Buddies, Tom Hanks, Peter Cetera, or Peter, uh, not Cetera, that's the guy from Chicago, uh, Peter Scolari. So what they do is they move in with these two girls in, an, in a females-only apartment, so they have to go into the house or go into the apartment complex and drag. So before they get into the gates of the gated community of the women's apartment complex, because they're trying to hang out with these two hot chicks who live there and they're, I guess they're dating them. So to live there, it's almost like a, a spinoff idea of three's company. I remember three's company. It was Mr. Roper. And then, uh, Don Knotts. What was he? Uh, uh Mr. Furley. They didn't want two girls and a guy living together in an apartment. So he had to pretend he was gay so he could live there. And then that allowed him to, you know, be the, be the wild man with the ladies, but yet he's still living with ladies. Well, it's kind of an offshoot idea of that where it's like, you know, they go into, they're walking down the street, they go drop into the manhole in the middle of the street, put on their wigs and dresses, and then they go into the apartment. Well, this lady looks like John Kerry, Secretary of State John Kerry, across the chasm, you know, that guy in drag. I don't mean to be mean about looks because, you know, that's that's easy to uh, attack. But uh, in this situation, it's really sad. She's like, I am single at 50. Why? Men hate me being brainier than them, says Kate Mulvey. Yeah, that must be it. Not the fact that you look like, you know, John Kerry going out to a, a drag club. But she's got more articles like this. Not having children is not only my biggest regret, it has broken me. Being child-free has given our writer the freedom to do whatever she wants, but she says she would trade it in a heartbeat for a child. Well, that's not the way we're bringing up valedictorians. Listen to this chick who uh, gave a speech, valedictorian in Texas, gave a speech, and it was really self-centered because she basically said, if I get knocked up, you know, due to rape or incest, so... If I'm on, if my contraception doesn't work because I get raped or I'm hooking up with my cousin, um, I might have a kid and my entire future is blown. Listen to this. I have dreams and hopes and ambitions. Every girl graduating today does. And we have spent our entire lives working towards our future. And without our input and without our consent, our control over that future has been stripped away from us. I am terrified that if my contraceptives fail, I am terrified that if I am raped, then my hopes and aspirations and dreams and efforts for my future will no longer matter. I hope that you can feel how gut-wrenching that is. I hope you can feel how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your own body taken away from you. And I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. A war on the rights of your mothers. A war on the rights of your sisters. A war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent. 
I find it truly interesting that she is kind of saying, okay, I've been in school all my life, and that is to put me into a program that I'm successful. Because that's the way that the millennials and what have you, Gen Z, they all grew up grew up thinking, well, you know, I've got to go to school. I got to go to college. I'm going to get out of college. I should get a really good career right out of the gate because I've got all these student loans. And if not, I need to be free of these student loans because I use them to get to where I am so I can make a lot of money so I could have them paid off immediately. Right. So the whole idea is, oh, I've been in school for all my life and now all my dreams and ambitions might be taken away because I didn't give consent to a embryo growing, <laughs> a zygote growing inside of me. You gave consent when you opened up your VJJ for that beefy injection. But see, that's the thing is she then wants to use the tiny, tiny percentage of those with rape and incest. But then I don't know. I'm hoping I know she's down South, but I hope she's not hooking up with the cousin. But at the same time, um, if she's taking contraception, hopefully it, you know, it's not foolproof, but generally it works, works better than the COVID vaccine. But the idea is she thinks that this thing is like some disease coming upon her and taking control of her body to grow like a parasite. And that's the problem. They view it as a parasitical thing as opposed to an offspring frame of mind. So she never celebrates the idea that she's bringing in new life. She has to look at it as though it's a burden and a death sentence. And then she gets into the whole, it's a war. It's a war on this. It's a war on that because it's always a war on terror. It's always a race war. It's always a war because Marxism needs to activate you into movement and direct action. Right, Antifa? Under threat of war. That's how they motivate you. And so they make up these wars that don't exist. All that Texas is doing with their heartbeat bill is to try to protect the new life that's coming out of the birth canal from the womb. The big takeaway from her speech is the fact that everybody was like, oh, you're so brave to just throw out the approved speech and switch over to abortion rights. Hillary Clinton's like, you go, girl, and tweeting about it. And everybody thinks it's so great. It's a Twitter trend. If she did the opposite and said, hey, I'm going to go on this pro-life rant, no one would no one would tweet about it. No one would make it a trend. Hillary Clinton would definitely not be posting about it. And not only would it not show up on Twitter trends, it would also have been, uh, they would have turned the microphone off in the middle of her speech. But that's the difference. That it, it, it's, There's nothing brave about going up and saying what the group think is. It's just like we were talking about with the pride flags on the uh, Mercedes and other companies websites on social media in their logos and whatever rainbow logos they're not doing it with the middle eastern sites because there's no bravery in that real bravery is showing up with you know uh showing up with uh, charles nelson riley and jim j bullock 
uh, you know, making out in, in the middle of Kabul, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the middle of Tehran and hoping they're not going to get thrown off a building. That is the real bravery. But, you know, this entire speech was all based on nonsense. The premise is flawed with this girl, and she's very self-centered because the whole point of her argument is she wants to be able to focus on whatever she wants and still get laid, I guess, and or if something happens to her, you know, she has a child that that's going to burden her career and her dreams. Um, there's plenty of successful women who had kids in the process of coming up in their career, in the process of following their dreams, and they still succeeded. But that's the overall message of the feminist, you know? Don't have kids. Follow your career. Follow you. You do you, and you be the best person you can be, and you meet your dreams, and you meet your career goals, and you become successful because everything in life is about being successful for you. That's why you can't have a kid. And then they turn around looking like John Kerry and drag at 50 going, I wish I had a kid too late. Your eggs are now dried up and you really shouldn't have been that focused on being that self-centered. Well, she's got other articles too. Kate Mulvey lockdown is over. So why am I still lonely for many single midlifers? COVID-19 has shown a light on another epidemic loneliness and its effects are seriously troubling. I mean, it's just every article. Here's one. I'm one of the super lonely suffering from skin hunger. She's in a skin desert. <laughs> she's, she's being skin deprived. With Valentine's Day approaching, many of us haven't touched another person in almost a year. Here's what it feels like for or, do, or for what it doesn't feel like. Kate Mulvey. This is in February 2021. She's got other articles. I'm a single midlifer. Here's what I'm planning to do to get me through Christmas. Here's another one. Women like me want a modern manly male, not a fop, foppish wimp. Well, that's not what you're advertising in the culture. You guys want, you know, a guy that cries and sits in his footy pajamas all day sipping Starbucks in your mommy's basement. Um, how to pick the ideal lockdown exercise buddy. Unable to get out of first gear? Welcome to midlife inertia. It's cuffing season and I'm on the hunt for a winter only boyfriend. This chick is sad. I mean, here's one from the UK Daily Mail that she wrote. I hope to marry the man I turned down 20 years ago. Kate Mulvey reveals why she decided to rekindle with an old flame. This chick is like that crazy chick that you may have dated 20 years ago, finds you on Facebook and is DMing you. How's everything going? I really miss you. Uh, you're married? Uh, uh, do, do you really like her a lot? Uh, uh. Yes, yeah, psycho. I like, that's why I married her. I have kids with her. I have offspring with this chick. How about you uh, go pound sand because you were nutty back in the day. Remember, there is the hot chick matrix, the nutty matrix. You either have well-endowed breasticles, a booty that won't quit, but you don't get both. You're not blessed with both, although there are exceptions. 
And when they're blessed with both, they're freaking certifiably insane. They're mentally insane. And that's something you have to factor in. So side note to all my single guys listening, if you happen to find a hot chick and she's got, you know, a bubbly ass that you can put a, you know, Coke Zero can on and she's like, you know, busting out the double D's, uh, talk to her first, make sure she's not nuts. Make sure she's not freaking Chelsea Handler on crack. But that's the thing. Feminists have been all about themselves. That's the point of everything that I'm talking about right now. It's all about themselves and the movement that has co-opted them for Marxist reasons is the political feminization movement. And that's what they're doing with the BIPOCs and people of color, the transgender movement, the Islamic movement, any movement that can be weaponized against traditional values, the nuclear family, uh, Christianity, Christian values, it's going to be weaponized by the left, exploited, and the end game of it all is always communism. So I thought it was interesting to see a real world example of somebody on the back end of life, not that 50s old, I mean, I'm getting pretty close to that, but somebody in, in, in the fem, in the female span, she ain't popping out kids anytime soon, especially looking like John Kerry with a wig. But it's funny to see them suddenly show up posting regrets in news articles because of the fact that they've blown off all the things that they thought were trivial and things that were getting in the way of what they wanted to do. And now it's too late to go back and have those experiences. And they did this all for political reasons or all for some sort of self-centered cause. And it's kind of sad. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So now, just as they've done this with feminism and they did this with Chinese uh, propaganda, critical race theory to divide the nation, you see critical race theory popping up everywhere, teaching everyone in the workplace, in the schools uh, of equity and inclusion, but it's actually racism that they're indoctrinating people with. We've got the body positivity movement. (laughs) Again, all of these movements are all for political control and done so in a manner of division uh, to marginalize certain groups and make other groups feel marginalized as victims and then empower them by giving them some power. And then the ultimate goal is to just shatter the whole thing and we rebuild it with something new, something socialist. So this lady, Sarah Kelly, She is whispers complimenting people on their weight loss is inherently fat phobic. Huh? There is no way to do it. That doesn't imply that their body is less worthy when it was bigger, softer, find something else to compliment. (laughs) So she's getting inundated with uh, all these people. Uh, One guy, Nathan Skinner said, sometimes telling someone that, you know, that, you know what they are doing 
saying, hey, I've dropped some weight. You're looking great. Keep at it. Can serve as another boost. A lot of us work out. A lot of us that work out, we don't see this, uh, the final results for a while. And then she goes, it can definitely give them a boost, but that boost comes at the expense of fat people. That's the whole point. This is not satire, gang. This is real deal. He replied, you know, here's an idea. It's not their problem. The world doesn't revolve around these people. Obesity is a disease that, for most people, is preventable. Some people are obese through no fault of their own. The rest just aren't trying, period, to where she tells him to shut the F up. Uh, She says, this kind of stuff is an instant block for me. Don't come into my mentions and tell me my body is wrong. See, I'm standing in my truth. I'm, I'm fighting for fat phobia. She says, it took this man a total of three tweets to reveal wild fat phobia. This idea that if you're taking care of yourself, you'll be thin. And if not, uh, if not, then you must not be taking care of yourself is really, really harmful. (laughs) She is a piece of work. Anti-fatness is a perpetuation and enforcement of white supremacist beauty standards. Huh? It's not harmless, and it didn't develop in a vacuum. This idea that, you know, that she, she's, got, she's got this recommended reading that she's put with it. Listen to this. Fearing the black body, the racial origins of fat phobia by Sabrina Stings. See, I know I could be talking a lot about the Fauci emails and the the Chinese lab, which we may get into on the next podcast because a lot of stuff is coming up. The Pentagon funded Chinese uh, uh, or funded an organization who was funneling money to the Chinese Wuhan lab. Uh, Wuhan coronavirus uh, uh, vaccine patents were filed in February of 2020 by the Chinese government before it was declared a pandemic. Tons of stuff that we could talk about. But I do want to go over this a little bit because I feel like this is instructive. This gives you a look into the mind of these people and also why they're doing it. When you're going online going, why are all these fat girls on Instagram holding energy drinks and saying, you know, Black Lives Matter? Uh, You look in their profile and it's body positivity because, you know, you can't you have to accept your truth. You have to take whatever uh, you know, whatever situation you're in and, you know, glorify it. Let's get all Lizzo. You know, I'm, I'm not exactly the thinnest person in the world. <laughs> I have my fluctuations with weight, you know, but, and, and you know, what's funny about that is people will be the first to tell you when you've put on a few, especially after the pandemic, they won't mince words with guys. They'll come right out, man. <laughs> looks like you need to drop a few. Now, I'm not fat, but, you know, I'm definitely not trim. But, you know, some people are born thicker. Nothing you can do about that. But that doesn't mean you just don't even try. And that doesn't mean if you are completely overweight and it's not something medical and it's not something that just happens. And if at one point maybe you were thinner, um, you don't just get out there and roll in the mud with it like gay pride does. You know, the, my problem with homosexuals isn't that they're homosexual because I've got plenty of homosexual friends. You know, I like Rick Grinnell. I like Peter Thiel in, in politics. Very good individuals, very solid individuals, but they're homosexual. But you know what? There's a difference between that and pride. 
Pride is when they're rolling around. Hey, look at me going up to your kids wearing their little thong and their G-string and they're covered in oil going down the street marching. They're, they're just rolling in mud. Just get, you know, just look at me. And it's all about self-centeredness. It's all about attention. It's all about, and that's kind of what's going on with this. So apparently there's a book, this was the winner, 2020 Body and Embodiment Best Publication Award. I didn't even know that was an award. Did you know that? Honorable Mention 2020 Society of Sex and Gender Distinguished Book Award. So uh, there's an an obesity epidemic in this country, and poor black women are particularly stigmatized as diseased and a burden on the public health care system. This is only the most recent incarnation of a fear of fat black women, which Sabrina Sting's shows took root more than 200 years ago. Oh, it goes all the way back to slavery. And uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. But so fat phobia is white supremacist. And uh, we just, you know, if you're extremely overweight, you know, my 600 pound life or whatever, you're not supposed to go to the doctor, go to the doctor to get the stomach surgery. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to just uh, revel in it and say, look at me, I'm standing in my truth and I'm living my best life. But really, when they get into fat phobia and marginalizing white people, it's yet again another prong in the fork of communism, in the fork of moving socialism by de- deconstructing movements, singling out and isolating certain groups, taking groups that are considered marginalized and weaponizing them. And then you create division and the division cracks the country. That's the whole point of it. So when you see these body positivity people, most of them are of the leftist persuasion. And, you know, you'll understand why they're in the positions and their frame of minds are the way that they are. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. You can also check me out online on the blog, adriansladeshow.com, and donate. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. We'll see you guys next time.